following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody. How are we doing out there tonight? I used to listen to a guy sing a song, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. And uh, we're entering one of the greatest, if not the greatest time of all the year. Many people think, think Christmas is. If Christ had never come, then we wouldn't have a salvation plan. But because he came and he died and was buried and rose again, I just believe that uh, Christmas and Easter are two of the finest, finest times for the Christian church. But I, I, I believe with all my heart, this whole month is our Super Bowl month. It's just a wonderful time to celebrate Jesus What an honor to know the resurrected Christ. If you know him, you know what I'm talking about. And by the way it sounded tonight with praise and worship, some of you folks know him. And it's an honor to know Jesus. Amen. Isn't that right? All right. Well, it's good to see everybody. And uh, we missed some of you Sunday. I guess y'all had to swim across the creeks. Man. First service came Sunday morning and it was a deluge. And I had people coming in and they were taking their shoes and socks off and using scissors to cut the web from between their toes. They didn't want to become ducks. What a, what a, what a day. Then Monday was absolutely perfect. Come on, Lord, help us out. Let Monday be Sunday and let Sunday be Monday, all right? But you're here tonight. You're in the house tonight. Amen. What a joy. What a joy. And uh, we honor you tonight. We really, really do. We thank God for you. And it's just a pleasure and a privilege to preach the gospel to you tonight. I'm going to speak on a subject tonight called simply, I trust the lamb. I trust the lamb. I do. I trust him. And it's an honor to preach about Jesus tonight in this house. And uh, before, before I go any further, let me, just, let me just recognize there's a little lady that used to be one of our prayer partners right over here. She was an elderly lady, and she got sick on us back in about 2014, 15. And uh, her name was Marion Perry, and she was a sweet little lady, and she, she could pray something on you too. She really could. She had, a, she had a beautiful prayer, and she could pray people through to the presence of God, and she could pray healing upon people. And she passed away on Sunday, and uh, she was uh, she was an older lady, and she passed away on Sunday, and we're going to honor her the they're going to have a funeral for her, a memorial for her Thursday week. We'll tell you more about it next Wednesday, so you'll be caught up on the fact that it's going to be Thursday week. And the family, uh, two sisters are members of this church. Two of her daughters are members of this church, and we honor them tonight, Robin and Carol. And so if you just get a chance, if you know who I'm talking about, you can call Robin or you can call Carol and just tell them that you're praying and our church is praying and we believe in that God's going to help them through this situation. Amen. By the way, I saw a mother of a, of a, of a tragedy in church tonight. And uh, when I hugged her, she had a big old smile on her face. And I thought, that's nothing but the presence of God. That's nothing but the presence of God. Because we go through tough things in our life. But I promise you, God is greater than any tough thing that you go through in your life. He's greater than that. He's greater than that. Would you stand to your feet, you incredible people, and um, I thank God that I am privileged to pastor this church. I wake up every morning feeling so blessed, feeling so blessed to be a part of your life and you be a part of our lives. 
And Patty and I send our love to you every day. You don't get it hear from us every day, but we love you every day. And it's always fun to hug you on the porch. So if you're a new person tonight and you saw this bald-headed guy out there, there's a couple more bald-headed guys out there. <laughs> We're the bald-head brigade. We're the bald eagles. And uh, we have one, uh, Dale. Brother Dale has hair, but the rest of us, you know, God made some perfect heads. Some he had to cover with hair. And so... Dale's one of the dearest friends I have, and he knows that I'm not kidding him at all. Amen. <laughs> but what a joy, what a joy just to welcome you tonight. If you're a first-time guest, we honor you. If you're a second-time guest, we honor you. If you're a third-time guest, we honor you. And it is a, it's a privilege. Now, I'm going to preach some things tonight that some of you are going to Google when you go home. <laughs> because some of the things that I'm going to preach tonight is going to sound like it's not real It's going to sound like it's outside the box, but I promise you when I prepare, I study and I prepare things that I believe are from God and I study scientific things and I study biblical things and I study, and uh, somebody told me that uh, that, uh, Google and uh, and AOL never tells the truth. Well, they need to shut it down if they're all lying, but I do a lot of research there, and so I'm going to give you some research that I have in my spirit tonight. Psalms chapter 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. This is the middle verses of the entire Bible. These two verses are the middle verses of the entire Bible. There are 23,145 verses in the Old Testament. There are 7,967 verses in the New Testament. For a total of 31,102 verses in the Bible. And since that's not 101 or 103, it's not an odd number, it's an even number, then there had to be two verses because you couldn't have one verse be the very verse in the middle. So one verse reaches back to the Old Testament and one verse reaches to the New Testament. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. And bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I love what God's doing. Then it goes on to say, who forgives all of our iniquities? There are some things he does. Who heals all our diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless. 75-year-old man went to the doctor and he said, Doctor, I got a problem with my golf game. He said, what is it? He said, I hit the ball. I still hit it a long way, but I can't see where it's going. The doctor said, that's an easy problem, easy fix. Get somebody that's got good eyes. He said, I got a brother that's 85 that's got the greatest vision in the whole world. He said, take him with you. He don't play golf. He said, all right. He can see where the ball goes. So he took his brother, 85-year-old brother out the next time he played and he reared back and hit it off the first tee and he said, did you see it? He said, I did. He said, where'd it go? He said, I forgot. There's an old man that moved into a retirement center and he found a lady he was attracted to and finally, one evening, He realized she is attracted to him also. He proposed to her. And the next morning he woke up remembering his proposal, but he could not remember her answer. 
So he went to her and he said, I'm really embarrassed. I proposed to you last night, but I can't remember if you said yes or no. Oh, thank goodness, she said. I remember saying yes, but I couldn't remember who asked me. (laughs) Sometimes it's easy to forget the blessings of God. Sometimes we don't forget the bad things in life. But it's easy to forget the blessings of the Lord. Sometimes we forget the price that was paid by Jesus on the cross. Not only did he die for our sins, he went to the cross with healing in his body for us. We used to sing songs when I was a kid, and I'm going I'm to date myself now. We used to sing songs like, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stain. We used to sing songs like there is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. We used to sing songs like alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he, something, would he invoke such sacredness for such a worm as I? Something like that. We sung songs like the blood will never lose its power. Thank you, Andre Crouch. It reaches to the highest mountain. It goes to the lowest hell. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. Fanny Crosby had a hymn called Redeemed by the Blood of the Lamb. And we used to sing songs like, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing but the blood. I want to speak about the Lamb tonight. The Lamb to the Old Testament Hebrews was terribly important. See, the skin of the lamb became the parchment on which they wrote the messages to God and of God. And the wool of the lamb became their clothing and the meat of the lamb became their food for their bodies. And it was vital both physically and spiritually to build their lives around the lamb. It became a symbol of their whole body and spirit and soul salvation. And it represented the means of their approaching God. The blood of the lamb became their sacrifice, their offering to God. In the Old Testament, the dead sacrifices of the lamb did not take away sin. It just covered it. This is the meaning of the day of atonement or what we call Yom Kippur. In Hebrew, literally the day of covering. The sins of the Old Testament saints were covered. And God in Eden slew an animal and took the skins and covered Adam and Eve so that their nakedness and shame would not be, would not be shown. Before a lamb in the Old Testament could be properly offered to cover the people's sins, it had to meet specific qualifications. In Exodus 12 and 5, you see the qualifications. The lamb must be young, a year old. I kind of put my own vernacular to this, a male and perfect without blemish or injury. That's what the lamb had to be. And the lamb kept expanding in its concept and spiritual meaning. In Abel's day, it was one lamb for one man. See, Abel's lamb did not atone for his brother. Cain had to have his own lamb. And when he brought the fruit of the ground and didn't bring a blood sacrifice, God did not receive it because Cain did not bring a lamb. And later on, in the night of Passover in Exodus 12, Moses instructed the families to put the blood of a slain lamb on the doorpost and the lentils of the house. And when the death angel came and saw the blood, he would pass over that house and spare them of grief of death of the firstborn of humans and of animals. One lamb for a family, for one house. 
And as God's people journeyed from Egypt to Canaan, the Day of Atonement was instituted. And once a year, every family would bring a lamb for an offering to the high priest. It's called a trespass offering, a sin offering. The lamb had to be one year of age, spotless and perfect. And when the priest, you got to get this, came to minister to the families that had brought their lambs, he never asked, folks, what the trespass was or what the sin was or what the shortcoming was or what they needed victory over. The priest only looked at the lamb that he was holding and he turned his back on the people and if the lamb that he expected was spotless and pure, if it was right, then the sin was rolled ahead. It didn't matter what the sin was. It didn't matter what the sin was. And the sins of them all, priests and people, were placed on one lamb. It was one lamb for one nation. Then we took a giant step from the Old Testament to the New. The stream's getting wider. The water's getting deeper. And John Baptist announces it. Jesus comes to him in the wilderness to be baptized in the River Jordan. And there in a clear prophetic voice, John cries, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. John was proclaiming the Lamb for all the world. Not for one man as in Abel's day, not for one family as Passover night, not for one nation as the day of atonement, but now it was a lamb for the whole world. Can I tell you folks, I'm happy to preach tonight about the lamb that has come for the whole world. And I trust that lamb. Come on, clap your hands. It was a lamb in the Old Testament. It was a lamb for Abel. It was a lamb for the Israelites. But it's the lamb for the people of God. And we have a the lamb we can worship tonight. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of all the world. Come on, clap your hands real big. It's Easter time. You know, I find it amazing that when life offered the toughest challenges, a lamb was called for to ease the grief and take over the challenge. A lamb for a challenge. Not a horse. A horse was a warring animal. Not an oxen. An oxen was a working animal. Not a bull. A bull was a fighting animal. Not a goat. A goat was a budding animal. But a lamb. A lamb. I read about a man traveling through a small Midwestern town and he saw a beautiful church with a steeple on top. And on top of the steeple was a figure of a lamb that somebody had carved. And he inquired why that particular symbol was there and then he was told the story. When the church was being built many years before, a worker on the tallest part of the, st- tallest part of the steeple lost his grip and he fell. And he fell many feet to what seemed to be a certain death below. But, but a shepherd chanced to be coming, passing by with a herd of sheep behind him. And the fallen man happened to land on one of the lambs. And the lamb broke the man's fall and saved his life, but the lamb died. And the worker was so grateful, he climbed back on the steeple and placed the figure of a lamb there in memory of the animal who saved his life. Many of us know what it is to fall, fall in sin, fall fall in all kinds of iniquity. But thank God when we fell, we fell on a lamb, a lamb that died for us, a lamb that paid a price for us. I'm going to tell you something. 
I want somebody to clap their hands tonight because I'm preaching about what Jesus wants me to preach about tonight. There's nothing that can bless us like the Lamb of God. There's nothing can heal us like the Lamb of God. There's nothing can lift us like the Lamb of God. There's nothing can hold us like the Lamb of God. There's nothing can take us out of here like the Lamb of God. He is, he is our hope. So a lamb for Adam and Eve, a lamb for the Exodus, a lamb every year to handle all trespass sins. Why, why, why? At first I thought maybe a lamb because he's our sacrifice. And under the old covenant, they sacrificed sheep and bulls and goats. But then why didn't they call him the bull of God or the goat of God? That goat's a pretty good word now, greatest of all times. (laughs) It just didn't quite have the same feeling about it, does it? Maybe it's because Isaac's salvation was found in a lamb on top of Mount Moriah that God provided as his father Abraham had the knife raised over him ready to kill him. Maybe God chose a lamb because they're so innocent and their fleece is as white as snow and shows purity. And maybe Jesus was saying, even though I I am a shepherd of this flock, I step down to the status of a lamb and a slain one at that. So maybe a lamb represents a humility statement when a shepherd becomes a lamb and dies for us. And of course, the first Passover, the lamb's blood was smeared over the doorways of the Israelites' home to prevent the angel of death. Maybe it was just because of protection. But while I think these reasons are all true and some say something special about God, I believe there's one defining reason why God chose a lamb over all animals to call his son. In Revelation 7, 14, the Bible said they washed their robes and made them white by the blood of the lamb. How can dark stains turn white by red blood. It's the miracle of salvation. John the Revelator wrote it to us. If you're going to get people out of great tribulation, you've got to preach the blood of the lamb. And there's people that are battling tribulation in Austin, Texas right now. But this Easter season, in Jesus' name, they're going to walk in this church and God's going to get a hold of their heart on Easter week. And God's going to turn their life around because the blood of the lamb still saves people from their sin and still heals people from their hurts and still lifts people from their pains. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. I want to mention three things tonight about the blood of the lamb very quickly. Number one, the blood of the lamb is powerful. It's powerful. Everybody say it redeems the lowest. It heals the worst. Say it washes the dirtiest. (laughs) How many of you folks can look back and say, man, I don't have a clue how I got here. I was as lost. I was as lost as a man. In Carl's bed cavern with all the lights out. I couldn't see my way out of anything. And all of a sudden the light just came on. And said, you willing to walk in the light? I'll take you to the light. And we followed that light. 
and he cleaned us up. And we went to the waters of baptism and he filled us with his spirit. And there's nothing quite like the powerful blood of Jesus Christ. It'll wash you, it'll cleanse you, it'll redeem you, it'll heal you. The second thing is that it is, it's precious. The good book said we're, we haven't been redeemed by corruptible things such as silver and gold after the manner of our own vain conversations but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I tell you, you can't pay enough to find this salvation. You can't give enough to find this salvation. It comes when you accept the fact that somebody took your place when you were supposed to die yourself. But he took your place and said, you know, I'm gonna take your sin. I'm gonna die for you so you can feel the precious blood that I shed for you. Amen. Can I say something to you? Can I say something to you? When Jesus' blood hit the ground, the blood of the voice of the creator touched the creation. And the Bible said graves opened up. Right then, graves opened up. And the sun went dark for the space of about three hours. And when Jesus came out of the grave on the third day, those graves that had been opened up when the blood of the creator touched the creation, those saints got up out of those graves and walked through the streets of the city proclaiming that this one that has died for you shed his precious blood on a place called Calvary. Come on, somebody help me preach right now. Oh, hallelujah. If the blood can touch ground and cause graves to open, it can touch a heart and cause a heart to rejoice. We need to walk around all Easter week saying, I've been touched by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing like the blood. Nothing like the blood. Everybody say it's powerful. powerful. Say it's precious. Precious. And say it's personal. personal. I know we preach for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we, 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 we believe that. That whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But Paul called it personal in Galatians 2 and 20. He said, the son of God loved me and gave himself for me. And I did this a couple of weeks ago, but I want you to do it again. I want you to put your hands on your chest and say, Jesus loved me. And he died for me. And if I was the only one in the whole world that was lost, he would have went to a cross to die for me. That's how you got to see Jesus' blood. He loves you. Come on, he loves me. I used to preach about the blood a lot when I was preaching around the country and in different places. And I was preaching one night in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I was preaching on, on a subject called the antidote. And the subject was the blood of the lamb. And, and a man came up to me after the service and told me his occupation. He said he worked in a slaughterhouse. And he said, Pastor, they, we kill all manner of animals there, horses and bulls and cows and, and goats and chickens and sheep. And then he said something that stunned me. It really did. And I've told this here before about three or four years ago, but I've got to tell it again because it's Easter season. 
He said, Pastor, all the blood of all the animals is put in a common vat and it's all mixed together. In other words, the blood of horses and bulls and cows and goats and chicken and sheep, they're all put in the common vat and it's all mixed. Yet, he said, when sheep's or lamb's blood is put in the common vat, it will not mix with the other animal's blood. And said, not only that, Pastor, it rises to the surface. And said, it has a marbled look, a marbled effect, kind of like oil and water. It just will not mix with the other bloods. But he said, Pastor, it always rises to the top. It always comes to the top. He said, can I say it to you, Pastor? Lamb's blood covers every other blood. you're going to get on top of this thing? No, sir. you got to come up under the blood of the Lamb. Everything that he does is on top of everything that I am. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Let me tell you something else, little, little fun, little fun fact. It's also believed that a sheep or a lamb has never died from a lightning strike. The reason, lamb's blood is very positive and it repels the positive force of lightning. Like two magnets, the positive blood of the lamb and the lightning resist each other. And the lamb said, go ahead and strike that over there and I'm gonna keep on living. <laughs> Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Hell couldn't stay in heaven's kitchen when he rebelled against Jesus Christ, against almighty God and, and, and God sent him out sent him out and Jesus said I saw him fall like lightning and if, and, if, and if Satan fell like lightning there's nothing he can produce that can handle and affect something that God has established and I'm telling you right now there's no lightning from heaven is going to fall on the church and destroy the church because God has got some lambs in this house God's got some people in this house oh yeah I believe that And this is another human interest story I think you'd love. In 1667, a prominent French physician named Jean-Baptiste Denis. I practice that. <laughs> it's probably wrong, but that's the way I'm going to say it. It sounds, sounds good, so it sounds right, okay? <laughs> Performed the first documented blood transfusion to a human. The first one. A little 15-year-old boy who had, who had been bled out to promote his health. They believed in bloodletting back in that day. In other words, if you had a problem, they'd just bleed you out until that problem was bled out of you. And he was suffering from blood loss. And Dr. Denis used sheep's blood for the first ever blood transfusion. And the kid lived. <laughs> Sometime when you get in a pinch and you're running out of your own stuff, Maybe you ought to get some lamb blood in you. And I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. Some of you people are running to a dead end. You need some lamb's blood in you. You need a transfusion in your life. Let me preach right now. You need some help. You need some hope. You need some life. You need some victory in your life. You need to get on the table and say, God, put something in me 
that'll bring me back to life. I'm tired of bleeding out. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of dying all the time. I'm ready to live. And this is cute also in 1667, an English scientist performed a sheep blood transfusion to a man named Arthur Koga. He didn't do as well. But he did come out and say, I was a man of Cambridge and now I am a sheep man from Cambridge. That's funny. Thank you, Yar. Now I'm gonna do something here tonight. I'm gonna put on the screen tonight two figures. One, a serpent, and the other, a lamb. Here they are. Just looking at the photo, it looks like it's lights out for the lamb (laughs) if that snake gets a hold of him with that venom. Like a mouse against a lion, the lamb has no chance. But here's something that you may not know. I've read the back of the book. And the, and the contestant on the left wins. The lamb wins. There's no error in the Bible. You know why? Scientists have proven something that I want to preach right now. There is one animal's blood that can repel a snake's bite. In fact, the antivenom for snake's poison originally came from the blood of a lamb. Amen. Doctors inject the poison into the lamb's bloodstream and bit by bit, the protein in the lamb fights off the poison and the lamb's blood cells become stronger and stronger until the most deadly of serpent bites won't harm the lamb because lambs turn poison into protein. They turn poison, put put it back up there. They turn poison into protein. Spread your little neck. There's a little lamb on the other side that don't even know how to fight. But you can bite him and he'll still stand there. You can bite him again and he'll stand there. You might as well go sneak off and get you somebody else to bite because there's nothing more powerful against a snake, against a serpent than a lamb. Come on, somebody, clap your hands. That's a scientific fact. Boy, I'm gonna be Googled on all night tonight. Revelation 12 said the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world, he was cast into the earth. Now I want to preach a little bit, then I'm going to let you go. I've told you enough stories. I've showed you enough pictures. In the first of Jesus' ministry, when John called him the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, he was baptized by John. John said, I need to be baptized by you. Jesus said, no, to fulfill all scriptures, I must be baptized by you. And John baptized him. And then the Bible said the Spirit, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And he stayed there for 40 days and he was tempted of the devil. And the temptation of Jesus is found in Luke chapter 4. And the the snake bites from that old dragon, that old serpent, Lucifer, the devil, started in the desert for Jesus. Three times he was bitten by the old serpent in the wilderness. That old serpent said, if you be the son of God, then do this. Turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
So he took him to a high mountain and he said, worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall you serve. Then he took him to the pinnacle of the temple. He said, cast yourself down. Angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it is written, tempt not the Lord thy God. God, mercy. He was fasting. He had no food. But each time Jesus withstood the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life, he answered with, it is written. And each strike, the venom was stronger as the enemy tempted him with stronger things. But the antidote, the antidote also grew stronger. And here's what's powerful. In Luke 4 and 14, the Bible said Jesus returned from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Can I tell you, hell hit him three times. And he didn't come back weak after a 40-day fast. He come back stronger than what he went in. Because the snake bite cannot stop the Lamb of God. He will return in power and glory. And he went on to perform more than more miracles than you could ever write about in the Bible, John said. Here's what I'm declaring. I'm telling you right now, Jesus took the blows of hell for you so you won't have to take them yourself. You've got one that has borne the heat of the day. You've got one that's taken the lashes of hell and he came back stronger. Our lamb came back stronger than he went in. And then later, after three and a half years of ministry, of healing probably 37 to 40 people and doing probably over 150 miracles in his three and a half years, Jesus was going to be crucified. He came into this world to be a ransom, to die for us, and I got to preach about it now. Jesus received, on the night before his crucifixion, he received a beating at Herod's place. He was beaten on his back, his naked back. 39 times they hit him with the whip. The serpent bit him 39 times. And 39 times was the antidote that was becoming more powerful as he was hit on his back. Because with those stripes, folks, we are. It's been stated years ago, and it may be different now. I've got all kinds of wonderful doctors in this church. But it was been stated that there are 39 basic major diseases in the world. And he took a stripe for every one of those diseases. Because he wanted you to know that there's not a pain that you suffer that he can't heal. There's not a, there's not a, there's not a sickness in life that he can't take care of. There's not something in your life that you say, well, this is rare. It ain't too rare for him. Because he, he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And the next day, they put a crown of thorns on his head. It signaled another bite. The snake was getting more fierce, but Jesus was getting stronger. Then with one vision, our antidote, our poison antidote, walked his biggest snake bite to the top of a hill, carrying a cross miles away. And there were three deep bites fell into his hands and feet, nail in each hand and a nail in two of his feet. 
And on that rugged cross, as he breathed his last breath, he became the perfect cure, the perfect cure for any disease, any sickness, any sin, any depression, any device that the serpent will ever throw at you. So I want to say right now, I wrote hallelujah. But I want to say, what is your excuse? We've got a savior that took it from the very outset of his ministry to the last day of his life before they took his life. And I'm declaring to you right now, if that savior did that for us, what can I do for him in return? One thing I can do is clap my hands and rejoice and say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. Hallelujah. Give me two more minutes. Brother Randy, if you'll come. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. In other words, he said, serpent, you have bitten me the last time. I'm done with the fangs of hell. You've given your best effort. I took it and it is finished. Yet when he bowed his head and died, the enemy tried to bite one last time as a spear pierced the side of Jesus. But it was too late. The enemy had been defeated and his venom had no more sting in it. In John 19, 34, the word said the blood and the water issued forth from his side. Both identifiable as separated entities. The Bible didn't call it bloody water. The Bible called it blood and water. Separate. Separate. As blood separated itself from the water, it showed the venom going one way and the blood going the other way. The sin came out separated from the spirit. The sickness came out separated from the body. The depression came out separated from the mind. The pain came out separated from the healing. Because it didn't come out bloody water, it came out blood and water. Can I tell you something? Jesus don't just do it half right, he does it all right. He does it all right. And I got a feeling. Venom was not mingled with the pure blood because it could not. You need to remember this. No boy told me in Nashville, Tennessee, Pastor, the lamb's blood always comes out on top. It always comes out on top. Showing the antidote going one way and the poison the other. Every time I come around Easter, this gets me. Because I truly believe that's how easy healing is. That's how easy salvation is for you. All you got to do is get into the crimson flow. There's nothing bad in the crimson flow. The bad stuff's going the other direction. There's nothing bad in this blood here. Nothing bad. And now this is God's word to us. And I close with this. Luke 10 says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions 
and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, 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 nothing shall by any means hurt you. So it comes to saying, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The curse of sin is death, and the strength of the sin is the law. But what can wash away my sins? I trust the Lamb. I trust this lamb. John said, I wept when I saw that no one was worthy to open the book. He said, then I looked and I saw a lamb. He came out and he was worthy to open the book. Let me tell you something. If you can't get excited about Jesus during this Easter season, You'll never get excited about him. I can't wait to see him. I know I've got folks there that I want to see, but I can't wait to see him. Because I trust the lamb. I trust everything he ever said about himself in this book. I trust him. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. The lamb wins. The lamb wins. So somebody said, Pastor, how do we know that we've been bitten? I'm going to give you three little things. Number one, you have every right to be happy and yet you're miserable. There's no reason to be miserable right now. You have every right to be happy because Jesus died for you and was buried for you and rose again for you. You have every right to be happy and rejoicing. Don't be miserable now. And the second thing, you're blessed. It seems like it's never enough. And the third thing is all you focus on is what you don't have and what you can't do. I give you power. I'm going to be honest with you. I got to tell you the truth. When God let me see this illumination, I don't think I could ever get anything better from Him. I may be reticent to give it to you, but I live on what I preached here tonight. I'm on the winning side. The lamb's blood always covers. It always comes to the top. And anybody that's born of the spirit is going to live on the top side and not the bottom side. Would you stand to your feet? I love you. See, the serpent wants to trip you and accuse you of falling. He wants to stab you spiritually and accuse you of hurting yourself. He wants to drive you over their edge and accuse you of jumping. You don't have to fall. You don't have to jump. You don't have to die. 
there's an antidote. There's a cure. There's a balm in Gilead. The blood of the lamb. The blood will never lose its power. It still reaches the highest mountain. Still flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, never lose its power. Jesus heal some people right in this house tonight send salvation to some people in this house tonight come on lift your hands all over the house I need something from you Lord come on open your mouth and pray to him right now I need something from you Lord don't be afraid to call on him I'd rather call on him and be embarrassed by somebody I'm standing beside as to act like I got everything in order and not let him fix me tonight in this house. Come on, throw your hands up. I need you tonight, Lord. I need something in my life tonight. I need a healing. I need victory. I've got some pain in my mind. I need victory over. I got some pain in my heart. I need a touch from the blood of the Lamb tonight. I got some things in my future that I'm worried about. I've got some things in my past that are rising up against me. Would you give me faith to believe that that's going to be taken care of and I'm going to have a great future tomorrow? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, I trust the Lamb. I trust the Lamb. So I'm going to dismiss the service here in just a minute. But I'm going to ask some people that just like for me to pray with you tonight just pray for you and pray with you I know you've come down and, and, and the members have prayed for you but this is different this is, this is a prayer of hope and a prayer of love and a prayer of faith this is just a prayer that says God I'm going to plug into you in 2019 like never before and this Easter season is going to be the greatest I've ever experienced and I'm going to walk out of here in victory and not, never know defeat again never know defeat again I want you to come if you want, to, you want me to pray that kind of prayer over you tonight. I want you to come right now. Come on now. Come on right now. Come on right now. Come on. Couples, families, come on right now. Come on in the name of the Lord. Come on right now. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment, you that are, that are, that are ready to go. I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment. But i got to pray for some people tonight. I've got to do this. It would not be, it would not be good if I didn't pray for some people right now. Hallelujah. I want you that are in the altar just to lift your hands any way you feel like lifting them and show a sign of surrender. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, I plead the blood over my life. Come on. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Come on, say it. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Over my life. I need your blood to cover me. I need your blood to heal me. I need your blood to lift me. I need your blood to touch my mind. I need your blood to touch my spirit. I need your blood right now. Come on, lift your hands all over the house. Lift your hands, lift your hands right now. Lift your hands, come on. Hallelujah, I need you, Jesus. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. Oh God, I'm tired of wrestling with the same old things all the time. I'm tired of it. I need you in my life. I need you, I need you. Would this audience lift your hands toward these people? You're not wanting to leave evidently. Would you pray for them right now with me? Come on, just say, God bless these people in this altar right now. Bless them right now. What a massive, massive response we have here tonight. What a wonderful response. I would have missed God by not asking. 
these people to come tonight. Dear Lord, send healing right now. Send healing right now. Send physical healing here tonight. Send spiritual healing here tonight. Send mental healing here tonight. In the name of the Lord, let doubt turn to faith. Hallelujah. Let this let this dismay turn to hope. God, let, let unbelief turn to faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Heal the mind tonight. God, heal the spirit tonight. Heal the spirit tonight. In the name of Jesus, heal the spirit. And Lord, while you're at it, give us some physical healing here tonight. Let the physical man be healed here tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke heart disease. I rebuke cancer. I rebuke pain. I rebuke hurt. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I stand against it. In the name of the Lord. 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 I trust you, Lamb. I trust the Lamb. I trust the Lamb. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, clap your hands in this altar. Clap your hands. Rejoice. Come on, rejoice. Not a sad night, a glad night, a happy night, a good night. A good night. A good night. Come on, a good night. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah.